Good morning. All right, I'm just going to be honest right off the bat. I didn't want to write this message. I didn't. And you're like, what in the world? Why would he not? Um, you know, there's just messages that you write that you know, you know, when you look at the key verse. Like, All right, this one's going to be an easy one to write. This one shouldn't be so bad, right? I kind of have, at least in some small way, my arms around this in my life. Uh, but this one, I'll just go ahead and confess right off the bat. I knew that when I sat down to write this message, I was going to have to do some business with the Lord. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And I don't know if you're like me, and as you hear that, you're like, you know what, that's just something that I struggle with, and that's the truth. I would have rather um, tackled a topic that was a little bit easier, but man, the process that the Lord has taken me on this week, and just really personally evaluating where I'm at, um, has been a valuable one. And so I want to take you on that journey, and hopefully this morning we can learn a little bit together on what that actually looks like um, when it translates into our everyday um, life. And so let me just give you this picture of contentment as we get started. And uh, my brother for Christmas got me these Groupon to uh, this tour downtown. I'm kind of a, anybody else like history and specifically like just the history of kind of where you live? So I'm kind of a history buff. I'm a little bit of a history nerd. um, And I just enjoy learning things. And so it was the perfect gift to give me this underground tour. And just the name underground tour makes you think like what's under there, right? Like I'm like, I'm curious. I want to find out what is underneath the ground in Cincinnati. And so we go down, and as you know, the weather's been a little bit hot and a little bit sticky, and I have a bit of a problem with sweating. Um, Those of you that know me know this about me, and uh, it doesn't take much. You give me a little bit of humidity, and I'm like, I need to pack six shirts for this tour, and, uh, you know, we're going to continue to change them out as we go. And um, so it was hot, it was sticky, and uh, but I'm just trying to, like, soak up all the information, and we're walking around. And the other thing to know about me is I'm not really much of a city person. I would rather just hang out somewhere in the country, right, than go down to the city. I like it every now and again, um, but I like getting out in the woods. I like getting out far from civilization and hanging out. And so I try to avoid the city as much as I can. And so we're down in the city, and, man, like, you just, like, you got to make the, you just feel like there's so much pressure, right, to make the right turns as you're getting down there to park in the right. People are honking. People are, there's so much just going on. And I get overstimulated really easy. I don't know if you know this. Um, But, man, just all the processing of things that are going on in the city and this lady's trying to give the tour and I'm sitting there on my phone like trying to take notes because I'm like I want to hear what she's saying and so we're walking around she's giving us all this great info and I'm just waiting in my mind the whole time like where's the underground stuff right bring on the underground stuff I cannot wait to see what's under there and so uh, finally we get to this old distillery and uh, it was a, a group called Kaufman Distillery that was one of the original distilleries um, in Cincinnati and uh we, we go into this building that used to be that building, and uh, the lady starts to say, hey, we're going to go down into this, like, sort of, like, sketchy sk- staircase here in a second, and then we're going to be under. I'm so excited. I'm like, we're going underground. And then I realized as I saw the staircase, I'm like, I don't know if I want to go in there. Like, I, it's been great. I'm sweating a whole bunch. It's hot, and I want to check out what's down there, but I don't want to go in there. I don't, who knows what's down there? And so I, I went ahead and just sent my wife first so she, she could scope it out. And uh, make sure there was nothing sketchy, all right, babe? Just let me know if there's any uneven steps or if there's any spiders or snakes or anything like that. Just let me know, and you can just tell me what's down there. And so, but I did. I followed her down there, and we checked out what was down there. And it was just really, really a cool thing. And so um, you go 30 feet beneath the surface of this old distillery, and you end up in this big open area that's like, just like, boom. Like, there's a whole, like, just complex underneath this building that you would never know existed. 
And I'm just like so like overwhelmed in here, like this is so awesome. And I realized that shortly after that, that I had stopped sweating. And the reason that I had stopped sweating is because it's cool down there. It's calm down there. It's just beneath the surface. It's like I can't hear anything above the surface anymore. And I've just settled into um, just being down in this place. And as she tells us about what this place was used for, it was actually used um, to keep things cool, right? Because before refrigeration, they, and the, during the distilling process, they had to um, get creative about how to keep things cool. And so if you know anything about underground, when you go 30 feet beneath the surface, um, it's a constant 58 degrees all the time. The temperature does not change. And I just found that to be really interesting. And so as I'm sitting there, I realize I'm done sweating and I'm just settled into the constant 58 degrees. It occurs to me that this is a really good picture of what contentment looks like. That despite what's going on above the surface, despite just the heat of the day and despite the stress that you might be facing and and despite the the everyday noise um, that comes your way, beneath the surface, it's a constant 58 degrees. It's calm and quiet. And I'm just going to be honest with you, and this is really the reason that I struggled with this message, is because if I'm going to be real, that's not what contentment looks like for me. Even though there are things that are constantly changing above the surface, um, that stuff gets to me, right? And I wish I could say this is the reality for me, that below the surface it's always constant, cool, calm, quiet, this great picture that I painted for you. Um, But truthfully, contentment for me um, is, the reality is, Give me the right set of circumstances, and I could be content all day, long, all day long, right? Give me the right set of circumstances, external conditions, and I'm like, boom, I could be content all day long. Give me the right setting, like, for example, a kayak on the Little Miami River. I'm content as can be, right? Give me everyone around me just has the right attitude, right? I understand the irony of that. Um, but if everybody around me has the right attitude, I could be content all day long, right? Give me enough in my bank account to be comfortable and not be stressed to how I'm going to make that next bill. I can be content all day long if you give me that circumstance. If you give me the right amount of success and satisfaction and value in life, I could be content all day long. Give me the right amount of time to get everything done that I need to get done, right? Does that ever happen? But give me that, and I could be content all day long. Give me the right amount of quiet, doesn't happen in my house. Give me the right amount of sleep, doesn't happen in my house, right? Give the Reds just one playoff win, right? Or even get them into the playoffs, that'd be great too. Give me the right conditions and I can be content. But that's not contentment, is it? That's not the picture of contentment that we see Paul describing to us in this key verse of the day. That's not biblical contentment. Biblical contentment is Paul, who's been imprisoned, persecuted, denied his rights, ridiculed, beaten, shipwrecked, and bitten by snakes, of all things, right? That would be the topper for me. And then he says this, I've learned the secret of being content no matter the circumstances. Regardless of what's going on in the external in Paul's life, it's a constant 58 degrees beneath the surface. And so he says, I've learned this secret. And I haven't quite learned it yet. So what is the secret? He writes in the full section of, to the Philippians that we're going to be looking at today that we're going to use as a launching pad. He writes these words. This is Philippians 4, 10 through 13, if you want to take a look. He says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received your concern for me. So the people are concerned for him, for what he's facing, and so they show that. But he says this, he says, You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity to help. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. I know 
in, in every, any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then he says this, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Anybody else want in on that secret? Anybody else want to know how Paul was able to keep it 58 degrees beneath the surface when everything around him was going crazy? Anybody else want a little less stress and a lot more of God's peace and contentment in their life? That scripture is going to be our launching point today. And then we're going to just kind of zoom out and look at the, uh, some of the other letters that Paul wrote uh, to some of the churches. And get a picture of what contentment really looks like. Because if we're going to experience contentment, there are some things that we need to address in our lives first. And the first is this. And some of us, this is more, um, this is more of an issue than others. Some of these are going to hit you and impact you a little more than others. And so let's just allow God to speak to us through the text today. The first challenge is this. That if we want to be content, if we really want to experience contentment, we've got to get to the place where we can be comfortable with who we are. We can be comfortable with who we are. What I'm not saying is that you're not still trying to be the best version of you. What I'm saying is that we've got to get comfortable with where our identity comes from, who we actually are, what is true about ourselves because of Christ Jesus. One of the most popular songs of 2016 was a song by 21 Pilots. It was called Stressed Out. And in my opinion, it's a call for help in a generation that's struggling to find its identity. It goes like this. It says, I was told when I got older, all my fears would shrink. But now I'm insecure and I care what people think. My name's Blurry Face and I care what you think. My name's Blurry Face and I care what you think. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when our mamas sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. And maybe you feel that today. You know what? Like, I'm just stressed out. I feel the pressure of trying to impress those around me or keep up with those around me or be like this person or, or, or be a mom like this, this lady's a mom or, or get this level of success like this guy gets this level of success. Whatever it is, let me just tell you this. Here's one of the fastest tracks to discontentment. Try and be who you're not. Try and be who you're not. Strive to be who you're not. Try and be what others want you to be. Again, there's a difference between striving to be the best version of you and trying to be somebody you are not. To build your identity on what others think, I mean, talk about an impossible pressure. That's why the Apostle Paul, he continues to point believers back to their source of truest identity. Our identity is found in God. Our identity is found in Christ Jesus. And just listen to the words of Ephesians 2.10. Let them wash over you this morning. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. You are uniquely and intentionally designed by God to live out your story and to be who he created you to be. Stop trying to be somebody else because then the world misses out on you and all that God created you to be. God created us each individually and intentionally in his image. Let me take you back to Genesis 1.27 to the very beginning where God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. We are created in God's own image. I love the quote from the children's book, Ugly Duckling. Anybody read that to your kids or... Uh, remember that story. And I love what it says. It says, it matters not to have been born in a duck yard if one has been hatched from a swan's egg. And friends, you have been hatched from a perfect God, a God who makes no mistakes. And so let me just ask this. What if we stop trying to stack 
up to others, and instead we embrace the uniqueness that God has given us, that we lean into our story, the story that he has created us to live. I think that's one of the ways that we would begin to find contentment. Contentment is reaching the place where we are free to become all that God has created us to be without the pressure and comparison of trying to be who he's created somebody else to be. And so challenge number one is we've got to get to this place where we're comfortable with who we are. The second thing, and again, yep, need help on the first one. Yep, need help on the second one. So I'm two for two. I don't know about you, but here's the second one. Be present where you are. Be comfortable with who you are. Be present where you are. And it's just so easy to get distracted, isn't it? It's so easy to get out of the present or be drawn out of the present moment when that present moment is such an incredible gift. And in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, Paul challenges the Ephesians in this way. He says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What is God's will for this moment? It's easy to say, what's God's will for my life? What's God's will for this moment? Right here, right now. And if we get too caught up down the road or we get too caught up in the things that distract us, we might miss out on this gift of the moment. A few weeks ago, Stephen and I, as we were visiting with some coffee shops, we got to go up to Canton, Ohio and hang out with somebody who played a key role with Axis on our management team early on. And anytime we go up north, we stay with him. His name is Les and uh, his wife is Dee. And if you just want to go just like back in time in terms of just back into the country when there was just things were simple. I mean, this is where you go. And so to be honest, like, I'm, like, trying to find more excuses just to go up there. Like, I just, like, I love it. It's just such a calm um, when I get up there, and they're just so sweet. They take you in, and they know all about hospitality. And it just seems like when we get there, everything slows down. And we, you know, regardless of what's going on that day, um, we all come together, and we sit. They have this section off of their kitchen. It's just four chairs facing each other. And they're always just sitting in those two chairs, and you just feel drawn to just sit down with them and share stories and talk. And and they ask about our lives and our families, and there's just this beautiful exchange that happens in actual face-to-face conversation that we miss out on when we've got a phone in front of our face, right? And it's so easy to get distracted. There's no TV, no Netflix, nothing else. We were just spending time in the moment, encouraging each other. And it was just an incredible time. And we got to sit back on their back patio um, and just, you know, just in the quiet country night, just enjoy um, that moment. And as I left there, I thought, you know what? I mean, what? talk about a space that just, just gives my soul just this sense of contentment. And I thought to myself, I need more of that. My family needs more of that. And am I creating a climate and a culture at home that breeds more of that? Or is it easier to say, hey, would you just relax for a second here turn on a show for a minute? Parents, I know where you're at on that, trust me. But it's so easy to just create some sort of distraction or, hey, take this thing and spin it around in your hand. I know, you know, like, it'll help. You know, it'll help me to keep my sanity. But it's so easy to do those things and give opportunities to just check out. But, man, what are we missing out on because we're not leaning in to the moment? I'm worried we're losing our grip on how to be present. It's easier to check out than it is to lean in, to scroll through a, friend, scroll through a phone rather than sit down with a friend, to spin a toy rather than be bored and do nothing for 10 seconds, to flop down and watch Netflix for hours and to do something that actually enriches my soul, like open up the word of God. 
And I'm guilty of all of those things. It's easier, but if we want to be content, we've got to choose what is better. Not just for us, but we're setting a tone for the next generation. We're setting a tone for our families and the people around us. And so what kind of climate are we creating? So the challenge is lean in. Don't check out. Here's two ways. Lean into the moment. Lean into the moment. Recently, um, and uh, several uh, artists have done this now, but um, the Lumineers at some of their concerts now, they haven't allowed cell phones. And so when you get to their concert, you put your cell phone in a little bag, they close it up. And so they said it was getting so bad that at moments, like, people were just like, pictures, pictures, pictures. They were missing out on this show that they paid all this money to be in the front row of because it's like, selfie with my bud, you know, like, all this stuff's happening. And so at times they said they even, like, in the middle of, like, Ho Hey, which is their big song, they're like, they just stopped. And it was just sort of a jarring moment where they just stopped playing. They're like, guys, look, we just want to invite you to be here with us now. Just be here with us now. Don't feel like you have to run a PR campaign of your life on your phone. Don't feel like you have to text your friend. Just be here in this moment now. And I love the challenge of that. And what if we offered that same challenge more and more to our families and said, guys, listen, let's just be here together now. These moments are valuable. And these moments can be few, so let's just be here now. And so lean into the moment. The second thing I'd say is lean into the season that you're in right now. It might be a difficult season. It might be a season that you want escape from and you just want to get out of. But lean into this season. Because the typical mentality a lot of times is, I'll be content when. I'll be content when I finally graduate. Like, that's the thing that I'm with. I'll finally be content when I graduate. I'll finally be content when I have my license and I can start driving and I got that freedom. That's when I'll be content. I'll be content when I finally find love, when I finally find that person for me. Then I'll be content. I'll be content when we finally get pregnant. We've been trying for so long. And I'll be content at that moment. I'll be content when I finally get that dream job. The job that I'm in today, it wears me out every day and I can't be content in it. I'll be content when I get that job that I was really meant to have. Or I'll, get, I'll be content when my kids, you see a theme here, start sleeping through the night, maybe. But we think this way, right? I'll be content when. Some of the best advice I've received recently was from some of you um, with kids that are graduating this year. And I go to these graduation parties, and it just, it, it's sort of a surreal moment when all of you sort of had the same thing to say. And that was just, Josh, listen, listen, you need to hear this. This day will be here before you know it. This day will be here before you know it. Because here's the reality, and some of you with young kids and young families, I know how tiring a day can be, but here's the truth. There will be a last bedtime story. That day will come. There will be a last bedtime story. There will be a last, Daddy, I can't get my pants up. There's going to be a last moment where he, he, he and that's going to happen. And so I just pray and hope that we don't rush through our lives and miss the gift of each of these seasons. God, give us wisdom to make the most of every opportunity and not to wish away any opportunity or see the fact that this is an opportunity. May we remember the gift of each present day. So be present where you are. The third thing is this, be grateful for what you have. Be grateful for what you have. Paul says, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. 
Anybody else get like just on this like Amazon Prime day? Like I don't know what happens to me, but I'm like, I, and I'm not a shopper like in the store sense. Like I, you know, I actually really like avoid the stores like if I can. And so, but Amazon Prime day, especially if you're a Prime customer, two days, boom, order it. Takes nothing at all. You can do one click if you want and boom, you got it. And so the way Amazon Prime day is, is there's just all these deals that you're just going to miss if you do not participate. And so I'm like on there looking around. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't really need anything. But then I'm like, wait a minute, but I do need that. I, I need that. I actually need that. And then there's another thing I didn't realize I needed yet, but I need that. And then I'm scared because there's a time limit and it's counting down. And I got to get that before that goes away or before it gets all bought up and I miss out on the wait list, hypothetically, right? And so there's just this feeling, this sense of, man, I just need that. The truth is, I really don't need any of it. I got 15 packages on my porch, and I'm like, man, we keep saying we got too much stuff around here, you know? And here we are buying more stuff, and it's just a complicated cycle that keeps happening. And I'm just like, let's send it all back, you know? Let's wait till next Prime Day. But we must push back on the desire for more and more because it breeds discontentment. You ever notice that? The more you get, the more you want. But Paul says, I've learned how the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I found contentment in both of those places. And so it's not that this thing is going to satisfy me. We're not silly enough to think that. But man, what does that do inside of us as we continue to want more and more? If I could just have that thing, if I could just have that thing. Hebrews 13.5 says this, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's an interesting way to follow it up. But what he's saying is, listen, I'm all you need. I'm not going anywhere, and so keep your life free from the love of money. And listen, listen to what you have. You have a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to be the source of your provision. And in 1 Timothy, Paul challenges the young Timothy. He says, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. You want to find riches? Find godliness. Find contentment. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take any of it with us when we leave. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content with that. Be grateful and content with what you have. And here's the last challenge I want to extend to you today is this. Be confident in who God is. Be confident in who God is. Paul says, and he really, this is where he truly reveals the secret of contentment. He says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This is more than just some verse that we paint on our faces before a football game, right? This, what Paul's saying is, through all of this and all the challenges and all the things that happen above the surface, I have learned to be content because I find my source of contentment from Jesus. He is my source of contentment. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's the way I read it, right? That's what it says. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But the way it often translates into my life is this. I can do all things through pure grit and determination. If I just try hard enough, I can do anything. If I just try a little bit harder, if I just do things a little bit different this time, I can do anything. But that's not what it says. He says, I can do all things through Christ, my source of strength. That is where I find my source of strength. If you remember from Philippians 3, when we covered that ground, it, uh, Paul says to the Philippians this, he says, for we are the circumcision, we, the circumcision, we're set apart. We worship the Spirit of God and we glory in Jesus and we put no confidence in the flesh. Put no confidence in my own talents and abilities 
but my strength is in the Lord. This past week, I had uh, the pleasure of going and hanging out um, with Stephen and Caroline, and uh, they made me this awesome breakfast, which was cool, and I just hung out with them a little bit. And I was just sort of telling them, with all these things happening, you guys have heard Stephen mention the coffee shop is getting ready to launch here in 60 days or so. We've got the, um, we're starting this new venue called Project 215, which is just a call to a generation and a charge to a generation. And I'm so excited about all these things. We had a great launch party for that, and just an opportunity opportunity to lean into God's presence and ask him for his direction. And so I walked away from that meeting just so energized by what I believe God wants to do in this next generation and in our generation. And I, I was just like energized. And then the next morning came and that energy just went to overwhelmed. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> like God, what are you calling us to? And what are you asking us to do? And what changes are going to come because of this? And what is this going to mean? And all these questions just circulating in my mind. And I shared this with Stephen and he just said, he's oh, oh. He's like, you need 2 Corinthians 3, 5. I'm like, oh, okay, 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Like, <laughs> what's 2 Corinthians 3, 5? You know, like, tell me. Like, I, that's what I need. And so 2 Corinthians 3, 5 is not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence f- comes from God. And so I appreciate what he did there because he called me incompetent. And I needed that. I mean, look at somebody next to you and be like, you're incompetent. You're incompetent. No, don't do that. But that's what he was saying, and he's absolutely right. That I am on my own, I am incompetent. And there's something liberating about admitting that I can't. That by my own grit and determination, I can't do this. I can't do all of this. And so to be able to release that, man, that just brings so much contentment to me to say, God, I need your help in this. My competence does not come from myself. My competence is in Christ. There's something liberating about admitting that. Just whisper to yourself, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah, I can't do what I'm doing right now. But there's something empowering about realizing that God can. That we have God's competence to base our lives on. We are incompetent, but that's okay because there is no more competent force that exists than the power of God Almighty who's given us access to the throne of grace, who's given us full access to him. And so just declare, my confidence is in Christ. My competence is in Christ. I might not be able to do this, but Christ in me can. Through the strength of Jesus, I can do all things. I can do anything that he calls me to or wants me to do. Which is why, friends, we can truly be content no matter the circumstances. Because while everything else is changing around us, our God has never and will never change. Hold on, did you hear that? Listen to these words, Hebrews 13, 8. And I think this is going to need like an amen or something. I'm just saying, ready? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our God has never and, ne- and will never change. Man. He is constant. He is the secret to contentment. And so when we put our trust in him, we can be a constant 58 degrees below the surface despite what's happening above the surface. And again, I can't say that I've learned it in the same way that Paul has, but I'm learning. And what I'm discovering is that it starts with stillness. It starts with stillness. So that's how we're going to end today. And for some of you, it's going to drive you crazy because you haven't done it in a while. 
And you're like, I, I just, I, I'm like the guy that has to talk. If it's quiet in a room, I got to talk. I got to break the silence. Like silence is maddening. But we're just going to try this for a little bit. I'm going to try to lean into the Lord here for a little while and just spend time in his presence. There might be some noises in the room, and that's totally fine. Sherry's going to play some music in the background. But I just want you to still your heart for a little while before the Lord. Lean into him. And what we're going to do is it's going to be an extended prayer time. So I just, maybe you just sit and you think. What I don't want you to do is get distracted. Like, hey, what's for lunch? Like, what, you know, where are we going for lunch? And then you're like, you've now mapped out, oh, man, i got a lot to do this week. And that's not contentment, right? So just rest in the Lord for a minute. It's okay. I give you permission to do that. I didn't talk for too long, so we still got a little time to do this, all right? So just spend time in this moment with the Lord. The Bible says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Lean in to his presence. I love Psalm 46.10. It says this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And so just fix your attention right now on the Lord. And we're going to lean in and just be still together. I'm going to pray about the four different challenges that I laid out. And in each one, I'm going to give you a couple minutes just to spend time and camp out with the Lord on that. And then after that, Emily's going to come up and we're going to sing a song together. And let me encourage you, during that song, just stay seated. I know you want to stand up and engage in that way. But during this song today, I want you just to stay right there in your seats. And I want you to allow the words of that song just to wash over you and minister to you as she sings. And then we'll head after that. So let's just... Lean into the Lord right now. God, we just want to spend time in your presence. And we know that you are here because the Bible tells us that you are ever-present. You're everywhere, God. You're in every place. Help us to feel you in this room and sense you. Speak to our hearts and help us just to draw close to you, God.